Thanks for joining us on our C3 Edinburgh podcast. We really hope this message inspires and encourages you in your life with Jesus. To find out more about our welcoming and vibrant church community, please check us out online at www.c3edinburgh.com or find us on Instagram or Facebook. Keep in touch and be part of the story. Now enough from me, you've come to hear the podcast and be blessed. I was going to preach this morning on relationship principles, but I would be silly to even try right now. That would be ridiculous. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to do that next week. I've got another message that I was going to preach anyway. Um, next week, I'm going to preach about, I'm going to continue this, the series on oh, relationship principles. Um, oh, next time I'm preaching, I will. And it actually, the, my, I guess my, there's a lot to get through in that message. It's a really exciting message. It's sort of, we, last week we talked about the supremacy of Jesus Christ as your one and primary relationship. And so many of us look for fulfillment in other types of relationships when fulfillment alone comes in Jesus. And every other relationship there comes from that. Uh, I, I, I deeply believe that if um, the, the, the core reason for that, any level of health that I have in my marriage or any um, level of, um, I don't know, proficiency or, or, or grace I have in my parenthood with my children comes when I predominantly, when I understand that Jesus is above it all for me. I've shared this many times, but in that vein, when I seem to start getting stressed, because I get stressed sometimes, or I start get overwhelmed, um, and I, start, I bring it home, and I'm all like, like you know like grumpy and stuff to lease and I'm overwhelmed and I'm, I'm no joy to be around. Um, sometimes she'll say, Nathan, and you, she can say this because we've married long enough, it would otherwise be rude. She said, Nathan, you're pretty awful to live around right now. When was it? Do you need to go up the hill? And up the hill is you need to go with God. So I go, maybe. Don't want you to say it. Fine. And I'll go up the hill and I'll put God in his rightful place. I'll walk, I'll be with him. And something happens when I put God as number one over my marriage, when I put Jesus as number one even over my parenting. Um, I find myself, I come down from that hill, I come down from that time with God, and I am, I'm in my calling as a father, and then I'm in my calling as a parent and uh, as a husband. Just today I was going to pre- speak about relationships as in coupling up. Like not, 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 I want to get away from the idea that the... Um, uh, the the discourse or the narrative that everybody should couple up with someone and being couples because that doesn't help you when you're living really fruitfully and, and um, fulfillingly in a single stage of your life. But for those who are ready or thinking about or interested in coupling up, I want to speak about relationships from, the, from dating all the way to marriage. And then uh, we, we, I have a message about the wisdom, collective wisdom from our married people in this place. Um, I asked them during the week to again, give me the best and worst advice they'd ever had, uh, and it is fantastic. Like some of them, I can't even share. Like some of them are, some of them are delightfully like, we'll have to have a marriage seminar and go. And then, this is the worst advice. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Maybe I will share it because you know. <clears throat> Although also on my heart was this, and it all comes in, when you write a message, when you're in places of devotion and you write a message, and then you say, no, we're doing a relationship series, so you write a really, this other message, and then you wonder why you wrote this message, and then God has a plan for you to come to this service, and the Holy Spirit needs to do some stuff, so he gives you a nice little 10-minute message. 
you go, bless the Lord. And it comes from the scripture last week, Galatians 3, 27 to 28. And the team up the back have no, they don't have this scripture because I didn't give them it because I wasn't going to preach it. But um, So you better turn there. It's really quick. It says, but as many of you who were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Oh my gosh, put on Christ. We just did this in the ministry time. There is neither, now neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The thing that stirred me up last week, and I, I threw it out last week, just as many of you who were baptised into Christ have put on Christ. It stirred me up because I know that it's been maybe six months or something since we've had our last baptism service. Oh, did you get that done, Jemima? You're amazing. Let's give Jemima a round of applause because that is that's sharp. You, we all think that's easy. You just click a button, but she is, there's a lot going on up there to make that happen. We haven't done a baptism service in about six months, and, I, and I've been stirred. I think the Lord is saying it's time. There are people here who need to take that step of water baptism. And baptism is, uh, I don't know, sometimes it's confusing. What, what's baptism? It, when you, raise your, when you ask Jesus into your life, the Bible says, when you, ask, when you confess with your mouth that he is Lord and believe in your heart, you're saved. So then what is water baptism? If one thing's your decision to follow Jesus, what is water baptism? Water baptism is an outward and public declaration of an inward and private decision. Um, the Bible, does, Jesus doesn't say, so, you know, if you're not very showy, don't bother. He says, everybody, go into all the world and baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Many times in the book of Acts, people were, um, were baptized straight up. You know, I believe in Jesus. Cool, because there's the Jordan, let's go. Or, you know, but in our culture, in our, in our sort of um, culture, we have a different sort of threads of, of baptism. It's, you know, some, some in more traditional models, um, uh, have infant baptism and a sprinkling baptism, and then you get confirmed when you're 12 or 13 or something like that. Um, others um, in sort of more of our style of, of, of church will have a fully immersed water baptism when you make that decision for yourself. I think the tricky part about this style, of which I love the community of church and the style that we do, the tricky part is we don't really have a tangible, you know, you believe and you have this great thing happen and Jesus in your life. So you don't, what do you do with baptism after that? Do you get baptized and when? Is there a month or a year? Do you do it when you feel arbitrarily ready? And if so, what does ready mean? Do you feel ready? I don't know. Baptism is, uh, 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 it is an outward public declaration of an inward private decision. It declares publicly to all who wants to see, to the devil, to the, to, to, to the world, to anybody who is watching, that you identify with Jesus. It, 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 it says, I am yours and you are mine and I follow you. It's a declaration that your past is dead, that your sin and your shame and your guilt, that was all, all of that junk was put to death with Jesus. It's gone. When you go under the water, the Bible says, you know, puts it this way, when you go under the water uh, and disappear, it's like you being buried as Jesus was, was put in a tomb. 
and you dis- as you disappear under the water. And as you come back out, um, the coming out of the water is that resurrection life that Jesus rose from the dead, and so you will be resurrected too, risen with Jesus. I love that. What an empow- incredibly powerful moment, incredibly powerful decision. Baptisms, uh, all of those incredibly deep symbolism, this mystery of baptism, it's also about family. It carries the image of, of, of Israel moving through the Red Sea or moving through the Jordan from, from one place and into the promised land, from, from Egypt and into the wilderness or from the wilderness into the promised land. It's the crossing. It carries that idea. It carries a kind of adoption weight into the family of God, into the church. I never really thought about it that way, to be honest. I'm the pastor. I should, but I, I've, I've, I've always thought about it as a very individualistic and very private decision, although you're making it a public declaration. What I hadn't fully appreciated is it's also uh, a type of adoption into the family of the church moment. I like N.T. Wright. Any, um, I'm, I'm obsessed with this thinker, this theologian N.T. N.T. Wright at the moment. I'm eating up all that he's putting out. He says this. He, t- he talks about... Um, baptism being uh, a baptism into the family of forgiveness. And man, I've just been chewing over that. Because what unites this body of people, surely, truly, it's the fact that we are in this one family of forgiveness. We We don't walk or carry guilt or shame, we walk free. There's something about being baptized, there's something about, you know what, um, into the family of God. If maybe you've, you've, you grew up in a tradition where it was an infant sprinkle and then you got confirmed and, and then you'd come into this place and you go, you know what, I'm a, I've been baptised. And we would say, well, well, welcome to the family. Maybe you've, maybe you've gone into the water and you've come out and, and you, know, you go into a, a traditional style and, and, and in the most part people would go, welcome to the family. No man, no woman. No Jew, no, no Greek, no, no, slave, no free, just one family of forgiveness. Baptism can be also finally, I guess, um, a deeply personal, a deeply cleansing experience. You know, your relationship with Jesus, I, we believe because it's in the Word, begins when you ask Him into your life. You're forgiven and you're free. The moment you say, come into my life, I need you. I don't know what I'm going to do without you. I need you. You're knocking on the door. I open the door. I let you in. Yet many, for whatever reason have before reported or report sometimes that there's something very deeply moving about the act of baptism in their own life, with with their church family around them, with people who are coming in to see them around them. There's something deeply powerful. It's sort of like forgiveness is just a, is a moment with God, and yet there's something powerful in, about agreeing publicly that through the process of baptism that says, I have been forgiven. There's something a wonderfully cleansing about the publicness of that. Like, like when you finish your degree in university and you finish your last assignment and that's awesome and you know they give you your marks and you go, yeah, I've passed. But there's something about graduation that feels like you just cross a line. There's a feeling uh, in, of, of homeness in a church simply through... Uh, you know, when we've got these sacred friendships around us, yet some people feel a deep sense of permanentness or, or family, deeper connectionness, some sense of adoptionness into the broader church family by saying, I and you have this in common. We're in the same family of forgiveness. 
Is it deeply personal as it is public? It's, it's deeply symbolic as it is dynamic. It's, it's deeply clear, really clear, as, as well as it is mysterious. For every Christian, there is one baptism. Let me share what that moment looks like. And I might need somebody to help come and finish with the... Like Scott. For us, I feel like I feel it brewing. I feel like in the next couple of months, what we want to do, what we need to do is hire a pool again and, um, and offer this space of baptism where, we, where as a church body we gather around and we just celebrate this person's, this person's decision. It, um, uh, we'll gather together and we will... We'll, um, will allow this person in the water uh, up to here to say, I'm, this is my day, this is my baptism, this is my, my public declaration of my inward decision to follow Jesus. There's no going back for me. I don't care who sees, I don't care who knows, there's no going back for me. Jesus is the only way for me. When I go down, it's like going down uh, in, under the water into, my, into a burial of the old with Jesus on the cross and then coming up into a resurrection life in him, in a new life and a new day. And, in, and into, into a new family of believers, a new family of forgiveness. In fact, when I think about it, this isn't actually, uh, this is actually really well aligned to our series on relationships. Because it's a moment of relationship confirmation or declaration of both you and the Lord and you and the family of God. So it counts as a relationship series. <laughs> so this already, I mean, there's, there's a person or two who has um, talked to me after church on last Sunday and contacted me during the week and they already said, uh, actually, that's me. I, I, um, I, I feel like I need to get baptized. I guess my question to everybody was, would be, like they said in the book of Acts with, with Philip and the, the guy on his way to Ethiopia, when the guy from Ethiopia said, what stops me from getting baptized right now? And I guess often us as Western civilization, individualistic Christians say, well, why would I get baptized? But maybe the question for you is, why wouldn't I? 